So blood versus cross. Blood deals with sins. You can read, if you want to start at Romans chapter 1 and read through about Romans chapter 5, it talks about how the blood of Christ deals with sins. It deals with the things that we have done. But one of the things that, or the major thing that the blood could not do, that it required the cross, is the blood doesn't deal with our sinful nature. It deals with our sins, but it doesn't deal with our sinful nature. I'm just going to quote Watchman Nee. I wrote it down because he said it perfectly. The blood procures our our pardon for what we have done. The cross procures our deliverance from what we are. So, let's talk about that. What does he mean by what we are? We're talking about what we are before Christ, before we receive him. What we are, what we're born as. Sinners. Sinners. And the, the argument that he presents, and this is one of the things that we've talked about a lot here and that we have to understand, is why are we sinners? Are we sinners because we've done bad things? That's right. We have been born with a sinful nature. One of the things that was new in this for me, in studying the cross and studying these things, is it's about lineage more than anything else. Like I went on Ancestry.com a while back and... You know, I didn't test the, the veracity or the validity of any of this, really. I just kind of followed the links of the Winfrey name back to our 1800s and 1700s in Virginia and Alabama. And then to the 1640s was the first Winfrey in the continental United States. And before that, we were from a little township in England. And before that, we were from Germany. Like I said, I didn't spend a lot of time testing whether all of that was super true or not. But it was just interesting to follow the links to see where we came from. But if I were to trace that past Germany and even further, I could trace my lineage down to one person in one place. I could trace my lineage to Adam. And each one of us in this room can trace our lineage to Adam and the Garden of Eden. And the thing is, when Adam was innocent... We were all innocent because we were in Adam. But when the fall happened, when Adam sinned, death entered, and we all became sinners because in that moment we were all in Adam. We are not sinners by our works. We're sinners because of our lineage. It's not because of what we've done. It's just because we were born. So that presents an interesting problem. The sins can take away what I've done, But it doesn't make me other than I am, which is something totally and completely wrong before God. It is not what he had intended. Therefore, it is wrong and it is sinful. So how do you deal with who we are? How do we escape the fact that we have a sinful nature? How do you deal with a person who is sin? You have to kill them. That's how you put an end to one nature so that a new nature can be emerged, can, can come forth. You have to kill that sinner. You know, it's an interesting thing to read through all of the New Testament and it tells us over and over again, especially Galatians 2.20 is the one we go to the most. I was crucified with Christ, yet not I. You know, yet I live, but not I. Christ lives within me. And it tells us over and over again. Let's go to uh, Romans chapter 5. And I want to, we're going to read 
starting in verse 12, and I'm going to read down through the end. Um, There's a lot of language in it, especially in the King James, but we'll boil it down and talk about it. So hopefully it's a little clearer. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the same way or the same similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore is by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one man, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That's what we were just talking about. That by Adam's offense, I became a sinner. And when it came my time to be born on this earth, I was born in the similitude of Adam. I was born a sinner. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered and that offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I got another quote here. We'll come back. Bondage to sin came by birth. Deliverance from sin comes by death. That's another quote from Watchman Nee. It's what the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5, the verses we just read, is setting up. He's letting us know that through Adam, we all became sinners. But that in Christ, because we were in him on the cross, because we were buried with him, because we were quickened or resurrected with him, we are all alive. We are all something that we weren't. Let's flip right quick to... Galatians chapter 2.20, we're going to read that one. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And then let's flip over to Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 12 and read through 14. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took um, out of the way nailing it to his cross. What's amazing to me in all of this is on the cross Jesus took my identity upon himself. And he took your identity, each one of our identity, who we were, 
He took all sin upon himself. It's not all sins. He took all sin. He took all of our identity. It was all put to death. Sin nature is dealt with. That's what's, I guess, to me is astounding me as I study this, is the once and for all nature. Sinful nature has been dealt with. Sins are wiped away. Sinful nature has been dealt with once and for all. And in that, when we are quickened and raised with him, we are become something totally other than we were. One of the things that the reading the shack kind of reinforced in me, we have to completely wipe our mind or our, our imagination of who we think God is and ask him to write who he is upon our mind. Because we can't comprehend or begin to understand who and what he is. We know that he's a spirit. Like, we can write that on our heart. We can take that to the bank, the word tells us. And we can read about his characteristics, but as far as what he is and who he is, he is something totally other and completely different from us. And when we are born again in Christ Jesus, when we are quickened after we have progressed with him through the cross, when we are quickened, we become that image. It talks about in 1 Corinthians 15 that we were earthly bodies, but those earthly bodies are buried and broken, and they are resurrected as spiritual bodies. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are new creations in Christ. I'm a little too overwhelmed, I think, even to teach clearly what my heart is trying to communicate. It's astounding to turn around and look at, you know, this is just an image of, of what it was, but you can picture your Savior there. And then you can turn and look and see it empty. I was so overwhelmed this morning by the fact that it's empty. And that in that moment, sinful nature from Adam, through the end of this story till Christ returns, where there is no more sinful nature, was dealt with by that moment on the cross. Once and for all. You know, it's interesting that Max, who wasn't here when I taught, and, and Amy speaking this evening, how much other religions and other peoples are coming up in our conversation. And I think there is something that God is wanting us to catch a hold of. And I think part of the reason is he's wanting us to go about, to use the word that we typically use, evangelism, or sharing our faith, winning souls very differently. Because when I walk around and I see people, in the past I have viewed them as sinners who need Christ. And that's true. But this understanding, the once and for all nature of what God did in the blood and what God did at the cross, I can see those around me differently. It actually causes my heart to break more for the lost. Because Jesus on the cross has dealt with their sins. They're walking around without God looking at their sin. God is at peace with them. They're walking around with the opportunity for that sinful nature to be left. It's already dealt with, and it's a free gift to give them that you could be no longer as you are and be something new. And so it causes you to talk to people different. It causes you to see in moments differently, to realize, I don't have to carry them a long distance. All I have to do is tell them, it's already done. 
this which you long for, that you're hungry for when I speak the name of Jesus, it's already completed for you. Wherever you come from, you know, Max made the statement that probably felt shocking to our American nature or our culture that Allah and the word we use, God or Jehovah, could be the same spirit and probably is. And so much has happened within that religion, within the religion of Islam that has contorted God's love, has contorted what Jesus did and they don't recognize Jesus for who he is. I can look at that person and realize the once and for all nature of what Christ did puts me and them in the same position. There's no color of skin. There's no religion. There's no separation between us in the eyes of God. That's what, I think that's what's astounding to me in studying these things that we have studied and studied and studied and studied and studied is the once and for all nature of the cross that I don't have to be a sinful man anymore. And in fact, I don't have to call myself a sinner saved by grace because that sinner saved by grace is dead. That sinner is dead and was dead 2,000 years ago. That's amazing, right? I mean, like, that's amazing. That the sinful man that I was born was dealt with 2,000 years ago. I can look at Dottie and know by birth where she is. That there will be a moment when the Holy Spirit comes and the conviction of sin falls upon her heart. But I can, look to that, I can look to that moment with great hope because her sinful nature has been dealt with. Any sin that she would commit has been dealt with. The Holy Spirit has already brought the conviction of that nature and of those sins. I can inter- introduce her to a God who has dealt with all of that once and for all. That's amazing to me. There's an important theological note that needs to be spoken here just so that we understand. The once and for all nature of what Christ did on the cross. The wrongful understanding that I had before is that when I came and said, I believe on you, I want to be saved, that all of that transpired for me in that moment. But what the Apostle Paul tries to tell us in numerous times is that kind of thinking is wrong because it crucifies Christ over and over again. He died once and dealt with all sin. But it is wrong to think, and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week, but it's wrong to think that in a moment when someone chooses Jesus, that that blood is activated and that work of the cross is activated on their behalf. It was done 2,000 years ago. What's happening is because they have made a free will choice, they've received a gift that already existed. Does that make sense? I feel like a little bit like I'm talking in mud tonight. Like it's not all totally clear to me. But I'm just going to say that the takeaways through all of this, this is what I want you to go away with. The blood dealt with your sins. The cross dealt with your sinful nature. God put you to death in Christ on the cross. He buried with you with him. And then he quickened you with him. So even before you chose Jesus, you are a quickened spiritual being. That's the thing that is fresh to me and new to me in all of this, is my family changed. It's interesting to think about the term born again, born again, I'm a born again Christian. I don't think we ever really understand totally what it means. 
I was born a sinner. I was put to death. And now I'm born again. A totally new spiritual being. After the likeness of Christ. Okay? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that you bring us into new understanding and that you allow us to talk about them and discuss them even while we still search for the depth of how they are changing us. I pray that this word that seems, seems so much like review as we talk about it, that the newness of it would impact us in this season. It would change our view It would change our interaction with those around us. It would put a new fire in us for the lost. Father, I just pray a blessing over every family represented here. Thank you for this day that we've gotten to spend in your house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.